Good morning. That was a great prayer this morning, ICN. Um, I must say it was definitely needed um, for me. And um, it came in right on time. I really do appreciate it. Um, I feel that I would look forward to um, being a guest on your show and speaking about depression and uh, mental illness. Um, I would definitely like to share my story um, and my testimony because in these days, it's definitely needed um, more than not because we're all battling something um, and depression has become a silent killer because there's so many people walking around with it um, and I just I, I would love to be a guest um, once again thank you so much and God bless you love you great show today Praise the Lord, friends and family and dedicated listeners. I'm so happy to be back with you again. And I have a word from the Lord today, and I just want to jump right into it. Recently, God, he showed me a dream, and it really was more like a just a quick vision. I saw just, I was halfway in and out of sleep. Saw this foot, and it was a unique foot. The foot had, the, the big toe was protruding, and... It was bunched up really, really tight. And I recognized it immediately when I saw it because when I was in high school, I read a book called The Good Earth. And in that book, there was a story about women and it was based on the Chinese culture. And it talked about women who had their feet bound. And this usually was going on back in the 10th century when women were getting their feet bound and it was supposedly a beauty enhancement. When these women would get their feet bound, it was supposed to make them more attractive to men. They wanted their feet to be small and dainty so that it could uh, look like an elk or a gazelle's feet. And they wanted their feet to be small enough to dance within a lotus flower. So it was supposed to promote beauty. Most of the women that were wealthy were the ones that were having this procedure done. And it, it just was something that it was very popular. It was a tradition in the Asian culture. By the time that in the 1600s, when they tried to get this practice to be stopped, there was, it was believed that 40 to 50% of the Chinese women had, had all had their feet bound by the 19th century. And in 1600, when, when they tried to stop it, it was, it was so popular that they were not successful in stopping it back then. And so by the 19th century, that's when it was like 40 to 50% of the women had had their feet bound. And in this particular uh, culture in the, um, the, with the Han dynasty, those women, 100% of those women had had their feet bound. So when, when I knew about this and I was very wondering, I was wondering why did God show me this, this bound Foot. And when you see the foot, it is not an attractive foot. 
it is actually very grotesque and it is very scary to look upon. And for that reason, the women always kept their, their socks on and they always kept these little bitty shoes on their feet. The shoes were like the size, if you were to see the shoe, it looks like a a doll's shoe and they call it, call it a lotus shoe. So when, when I prayed about what God was trying to show me with this, and it took a while because it was kind of shocking. I didn't even know where that came from. Out of nowhere, I just saw this hoofed foot or this bound up foot without a sock or anything on. And uh, that basically what God was trying to tell me was this is what he wants to share with you. So this is a tra traditional situation. Back in that time, it was believed that this was a beauty enhancement that was going to make it where women were going to be more desirable to men because their feet were going to be smaller. And also it was believed that the practice started from a woman, I can't remember what her name is, but this woman was, uh, she had really small feet and she was a dancer and she was able to dance within a lotus flower placed on the ground. She could dance, her feet could fit within that flower. So the tradition was started in some kind of way based upon this theory, or this was the story that goes along with this practice. So uh, with this tradition that was birthed, it caused a lot of pain, suffering, debilitating, and crippling effects for the people that had to endure, which were women. And, but because the practice became so popular that everyone was doing it. And we've all heard that before when your kids have, if you have any children, your children have come to you and said, everybody's doing it. I feel like I'm left out because everybody's doing it. Well, this was kind of like what was going on back then. Everybody was doing it. This practice was something that was believed to be a good thing. And it was done to promote good things. But in the end, it really left a wake of pain and trauma. They did this practice when they were four years old, they would stick between four and five, stick the, the little girl's feet in boiling water. And then from that, they would use oils and everything, rub the feet, massage the feet, and eventually break the bones within the feet until they were squished into the desired shape. And then they would start wrapping the feet as tightly as they could. And then there were different sizes that were more desirable. Three inches and smaller were the lotus, the lotus, uh, golden lotus. And that's the, the name. They call the feet, little lotus feet. So the golden lotus was the most desirable. And then the three to four inch feet, that would be called the silver lotus. And then the four to five or six inch feet would be called the iron. So basically uh, that's the iron lotus. So this was a whole system, a whole way of thinking, a whole ideology, a whole tradition, a whole culture that 
literally embrace it wholeheartedly. And if you were wealthy, if you had any money, you had to have your feet bound. That's right. You had to participate in this. Or the if you didn't have your feet bound, you were considered a peasant. And most of the poor women, they, they could not afford it. They could they worth the land. They couldn't really afford it. So, okay. Not that I'm trying to badmouth any cultures or talk about any uh, cultures at all, because I believe that we've all, all cultures have endured different things. So that we all look back and say, Hmm, why did we do that? So this was just what God showed me because what he was saying to me was just as this tradition created a lot of a crippling effect, created a lot of pain and it deformed the feet and it was thought that it was a great thing at the time. Some right now are dealing with some of the same things from a spiritual perspective. There are some of us that are trying to hold on to tradition. And in the past, we thought it was the right thing. It appeared to be the right thing and the best thing for us to do. But we need to release it because it is creating problems for our future and our destiny. And this, the things that we conform to as a child. So imagine being a child and you had to allow yourself to have your feet bound because you were a child. You conformed to the practice that you grew up and were taught. You had nothing to say about it because you were learning at that time. In the same way, we have been taught certain things and they are tra cultural, traditional things. They are things that we, societal norms, societal norms. These are things that we uh, embraced because we didn't know any, any other way. And we see that we are trying to go somewhere, but these things that we're holding on to, uh, they were good, well-meaning things at the time. But right now, it's not going to service us where God is trying to take us. So now we no longer need to conform, but it's time for us to reform. And when you reform, so first, let me tell you what conform means. Conform is the shape or structure of something, and it's especially an animal. So when we Think about going back to the foot binding. When you conform to the foot binding, you're conforming to the shape of this hoof and you think it's a great thing. Well, in the same way, we conformed to a lot of behaviors and patterns and ideas that we saw practice in our households, that we saw lived right out in front of us. And then we just thought, hey, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because I saw other people doing it before me. So our brains will conform because that's all we saw. And so then this conforming behavior begins to cripple us. It begins to deform us and you get bound up just like that foot. You're bound up into this small confined space and the space is so crippling that your bones have to break. 
your your body you're not allowed to grow because you're bound hallelujah and in the same way god wants us to know some of us are bound just like that foot and we need to understand that we no longer need to conform back to the ways that they were in the traditions for when we were growing up times have changed and god is real in our lives right now and he wants us to look at each and every area of our lives and determine is this going to be something that I need to use to move forward? Or is this something that has crippled me, debilitated me, hurt me, caused me to be bound in a way where it is not serving me? And you must be able to release it. That's where we need to reform. When we reform, reform means to make changes in something. Typically, a social, political, or economic institution or practice in order to improve it, to make better or improve by removal of faults. Okay. When you think about having a foot all bound up, and then back in that time, some of those women, if they gained too much weight, they wouldn't even be able to walk. They couldn't run. They couldn't work in the fields. Well, but that time they were rich and that was the whole point. You don't have to work in the fields if you have money. But in the end, it prevented them from being able to have freedom and mobility. It was a, a matter of fact, I remember I had read something back uh, some years ago that talked about how men loved when their women had the feet that were bound because it prevented them from trying to escape and get away so they could move slower and the men can keep up with them and watch them and everything. So I know that's a kind of sinister, but those are just some of the things that I remember when I did the research on this some years back. Now, when we consider that we must reform and we need to change and make these faults better, remove these faults. We all have different ideologies and we have our own set of rules and regulations and things that we think when we go out, how we present ourselves to the world and how we expect the world to show up in our lives. So these are laws and rules and regulations and they're social constructs that we have developed. So these are kind of like laws. There may not be written, but these are ways that we govern ourselves. So uh, for instance, you when you go out, you know, if you see a stranger, you want them to be at least uh, arm's length away. But now we want six feet of social distancing now, right? It's called social distancing. It's okay. But we've always had that. We don't like for strangers to come up on us. That's a law. That's an unspoken law. And when people don't show that we wonder what's wrong with them and so it's basically the same way that's just an example but we have so many laws that we have within ourselves that we have developed we have a certain way that we think if they talk to me like this then i'm gonna go off on them i'm gonna give them a can of what for and who did it this is the law that we have developed within ourselves it's it's built in us that we believe that we're supposed to talk nasty to people if they talk nasty to us. So um, that's another one. And you know, it's like, well, if they do it to me, I'm gonna do it to them. 
You know, I mean, those are just things that we believe that we're supposed to do. Not that it's right or that it's wrong. It's just something that we thought and it became a law and a rule. And we just govern ourselves by this. Well, God wants to reform those things. God wants us to challenge those things so we can make it better. Okay, now here comes the word. Okay, be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's Romans 12 and 2. So when you get transformed by renewing your mind, it comes about because you challenge those things and you said, hey, I need to reform the way I'm thinking. So when you start thinking, I need to reform some of these rules and laws and regulations that I have been governing myself by, then that's when you get the word of God. Hallelujah. You start reading that Bible and you start praying and you start fasting and you start asking God, help me to do better. And you know that some of the ways that you saw and the ways that you perceived as a child growing up. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child and I understood as a child. And when I became a man, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. Some of us need to put away some of those childish things that have built in our DNA. They're in our repertoire of laws and rules and regulations on how we govern ourselves. And God wants to shift us and reform those things within us. We get reformed when we challenge that. Do I always have to cuss somebody out because they said somebody didn't like? No. And I'm just using this as an example. Do I always have to be the person, if someone says something to me, I got to be the one that had the last word? Or do I always have to uh, be the one who had that extra dessert? I just recently got challenged because, you know, you always feel like, well, after you uh, eat a dinner or whatever, you look for something sweet. So then that's when the Holy Spirit asked me, where did you get that from? Who told you that you had to have dessert? After you ate dinner, who told you that? And then that's when I started realizing, I don't even know where that came from. We watch it on TV. After you eat a great meal, who said you got to go finish up with some sugar? Who's told you that? These are just some things that have built up in our heads that we need to challenge them. We need to reform our thinking. Hallelujah. Because when we reform that thought, we challenge that thought. If I'm constantly eating desserts, how am I going to get to where I need to be to the health that brings the wealth? How am I going to get to that place if I'm constantly eating all this sugar because I'm believing I need to have a dessert after I ate my dinner? Hallelujah. And we train ourselves to believe certain things and we don't think about how we're allowing these false constructs in our heads to affect our lives in a way that is counterproductive and it is not producing the blessings that we want from God. Hallelujah. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Hallelujah. We must be transformed. We got to renew our minds. We got to know that God is in control and we don't have to hold on to traditions. They'll cripple you. They will bind you up. They will cripple you. They will break you and make you fit in some place where you're not supposed to be. Just like how you put that foot 
break the bones on that foot and squeeze it into a little doll's shoe. That is how some of us have been. We have been broken up to fit some place where it's time for us to move on. You got a vision to move, go somewhere, live in another state. How come you're not going? You got a vision to sell everything you got and go on the road and travel. Why didn't you do it by now? God is speaking to some of us and telling some of us he has so many things. We're praying and asking him for things, but we're stuck in this tradition because no one has ever done it like this before. Hallelujah. No one in my family has done this before. Hallelujah. No one in my family has ever thought this before. Hallelujah. I want to learn how to, to, to uh, get involved in index funds. I want to learn about real estate. I want to learn about uh, business and I, I want to do those things, but I, I, no one in my family has ever done it before. No one in my family has ever owned a business. No one in my family has ever uh, been in the ministry. No one in my family has never traveled overseas or traveled abroad or lived in another country. No one in my family's ever done it. No one in my family has ever been this skinny. Oh, nobody in my family has ever done any of this before. You know, no one in my family has ever gotten a, a doctorate degree. No one in my family. So we think that just because no one has ever done it, that it's not supposed to be done by you because we're looking at tradition. We're looking at the wrong things. We are not watching God. God wants us to keep our eyes on him. When you get reformed and you make better or improve by removing the faults, hallelujah, then you can get to transform. Hallelujah. When you get to transformed and God transform you according to Romans uh, 12 and 2, your mind will be renewed. God will be able to speak to you and tell you what he wants you to do. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. Hallelujah. He said he will do a new thing in Isaiah 43, 19. He said, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. I won't be before you too much longer, but I got to tell you this one last thing. Hallelujah. The fact that God even said that he will do a new thing and that he will make a way in the wilderness. Hallelujah. And rivers in the desert is indicative of transformation and change. Hallelujah. Because when have you ever seen a river in the desert? When have you ever seen water in the desert? Hallelujah. The desert is a dry place. It's hot and it's dry. If you get out there and you don't have any water, you are a dead man walking. Hallelujah. And you're not going to walk very far because you're going to get dehydrated and that sun is going to bake you out and kill you. When have you ever seen water, a river, not just water, a river in the desert? Hallelujah. That means that's some change right there. That is a defiance of nature. Nature tells us there's no water in the desert. But when God is in control, he can defy all logic, all nature. So old traditions are nothing for him.
When have you ever seen in the wilderness a path being made in the wilderness? The fact that it is a wilderness means that there's no path. There's no way to get through it. Hallelujah. But if God makes a path in the wilderness, if he makes a designated way to get through to you, through to your destination in the wilderness, that is indicative of a miracle. Hallelujah. That is indicative of a normal thing being transformed into something new. Hallelujah. And nature has been defied so that God can get you where you need to be. If he said that he will be with you and that he will do a new thing, then he's also asked you, did you not see it? Did you not know? Hallelujah. God is always up to new things. He's always up to improving us. He's always up to challenging us to get us to that next level. Hallelujah. What I would like for you to know, the last thing that God wants you to know is that this season is your season to move forward, to be blessed, to challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to let go of the tradition. Don't be afraid to let go of what mom and them said because mom and them was trying to keep you safe. At that time, it may have been okay. Back in that time when they had their little feet balled up, it may have been what they needed to do at that time, but not now. You're not going to see anybody buying to their feet anymore because there's no need for it. It's crippling. It's debilitating. It hurts and it's not necessary. Hallelujah. It's the same way with some of our traditions. It crippled you. It hurts. It's debilitating and you don't need it to get where you're going. Hallelujah. And God said this new thing, this in these blessings, this new season, the new challenges that you're going to experience. When I say challenge, I don't mean it as a bad thing. I mean it as a good thing because yes, you will have to challenge yourself to let go of these old constructs that you have built up in your mind. But all you have to do is read the word of God. When you get in the word of God and you pray and you ask God to reveal to you those small little bitty things, those little foxes that are spoiling the vine in your life, God will reveal it to you. Hallelujah. He will show you exactly what it is. And once he shows you, he will set you free. And whom the son sets free is free indeed. And you walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. And you will ever abound in the works of the Lord. God has a blessing in your life. When you are seeking him, this message is for that person who has been seeking him. And they think that they have not received an answer. I want you to know your answer may be right there staring you in your face, but you don't see it because you can't recognize it because it doesn't match what you've seen in your past. It doesn't match what your parents saw in their past. None of your family or friends have seen it, so you don't recognize it. And I pray that your eyes will be open for you to see and recognize what God has blessed you with and what he has favored in your life. Hallelujah. And I pray that you will walk forward by faith and don't be hindered 
by tradition and that you will let go of every weight that besets you and that you will walk with patience into the path that God has for you. Hallelujah. God wants you to know this thing is going to spring forth and that you can let go of ancestral fears. You can let go of all doubt. You can let go of all preconceived notions about what your next phase is going to look like, what this next season is going to look like. God wants you to know it's going to be different than anything that you've had before. Hallelujah. I need you to understand it's going to be different than anything you ever had before because you are going to embark on some things that is going to be fresh, is going to be new, and he's going to bring the people into your life to help you, to stabilize you, and to support you as you move into your next destiny and your next season that God has for you. Hallelujah. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. I pray that, oh, and this is what God told me. I, I was kind of concerned about talking about that foot, that bound foot. And God told me to tell you that he who has an ear, let him hear what thus saith the Lord. So that's what I'll share with you. If you have an ear to hear, then I pray that you will receive the word and that you will be blessed because God is going to show you that this new season in your life is not going to be like the other seasons. And once you stop conforming and you start reforming, you're going to be able to transform. Hallelujah. I just had to say Sila on that. This has been Ann Wilson, and you've been listening to Grace Pace. Have an awesome week. Hello there. It's always so good to hear from you. Please take the time to drop me a message. You can send it to me at gracepace.pcast at gmail.com. Or if you have Spotify, you can actually record a message for me over there and you might hear it on the next episode. Have a great day.